Let's give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Good to see each and every one of you in the house of the Lord. Good to have all of you with us. Good to have our visitor with us back there. God bless you, brother. Good to, be in, good to see you. Well, we, we do this one time, but if you come back a second time, you're just part of us. We don't have a card you got to fill out. We don't even have visitor's tags. So we don't have to worry about that. But God bless you. We've got people from Lincolnton. We've got people from L.A., which is lower Alabama. Sister Daniela. We've got the... The got Brother Gabriel, got Brother Jeremiah, got a lot of visitors here. Sister Gail's back with us, so and this is great. If I miss somebody, then just praise the Lord. We got Brother Luis's two nieces here with us today, so just greet every. Turn around, and shake somebody's hand, and say God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Good to have everybody here. Now let's remember, we're not going to have any second service today. For those of you that were here yesterday, it was a wonderful service. We we worshipped and and um, sang and and did some activities till around eight o'clock last night. So we were having a good time in the Lord. We had a good youth service. Brother Ronnie did a wonderful job. Went right down the line he needed to go down, and then we had some uh, uh, some good uh, food afterwards and some good fellowship. So thank all of you, for, all of you that participated. Thank you very much that helped. All of you that that took the trash out and did all the different things, thank you, and may God bless you with that. All right, let's remember, brother, I'm going to get these announcements out of the way. We don't have any second service, so we're not going to be watching any clocks. We're going to have some specials this morning. I told Brother Ronnie, just don't watch a clock. We've got enough reserve till we can make it past 1 o'clock, maybe. Amen? Amen. All right. Brother Aaron will be speaking for us this coming Wednesday night. Everybody with me? All right. And then June and I are leaving Thursday. We're going to Ohio for a few days. We'll be with them this coming weekend. Brother Luis and Brother Bob will be speaking for you here at the church. Amen. <clears throat> then also remember to RSVP for Lily and Zach's wedding. It's coming up real soon. All right. So just pray for them and please RSVP. If you're 15 years old and under, you can't come. But if you're 15 or older, over 15, you need to RSVP and let them know. They need to know because the catering and all that stuff. All right. Everybody with me on that? Amen. Like I said, good to have each one, every one of you here. I want to uh, um, just greet everybody in the name of the Lord, the people that are watching in. We've got a lot of people that are watching in for, uh, today, so we appreciate that. We appreciate all the things that you do and the things that you are. You're the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And uh, remember, pray for Brother Ronnie. Uh, like I said, we have no second service, so we can fellowship afterwards, uh, get together. We have we had just enough pizza for yesterday because I didn't think many people would be here, and we had a crowd yesterday uh, on Saturday. Uh, we had a good crowd, so it was wonderful to have all of you here. Uh, we had some representatives from uh, from Brother Gene Williams Church in, in South Carolina, so we had several people coming in. We really appreciate that. Thank all of you for what you did again. So um, as Brother Luis comes, let's sing that one more time because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face Time unto him now. 
future? Praise God. Amen. Let's sing the song, God's Wonderful People, page 283. E flat. Oh, I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful to see all happy faces praising God in heavenly places what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people oh what joy oh what joy His love affords when we
has come away, and us saints from every hand we through the gates. Join in love, ones round the throne, at last we'll all be gathered home. That will be the greatest thrill we've ever known. Oh, hallelujah! Oh, I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. One aside just to see all the happy faces. Praising God in heavenly places, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Give the Lord a clap of praise. If you feel that way, amen. Thank God that God gives us these opportunities. Amen. One day we may not have this opportunity, and you'll be yearning these days. So let's take advantage now. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song. Uh, It is well with my soul. I hope it's well with your soul. Amen. Amen. Uh, Before we have some specials, let's just sing this old faithful one. Amen. Amen. This song just never gets old. This time you should have been well with your soul and just like it should be well with your soul now. Amen. Amen. When peace like a river. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows sea billows roll, Satan should buffet, though trials should come. Let bliss bless the assurance control.
Thank you, Lord. Yes, praise him. Amen. You as well with your soul. You got something to shout about. You got something to sing about. Amen. You got something to praise him about. Hallelujah. Because he did the work. And we just had, like Brother Bob was saying this morning, you just put your faith on Calvin. Amen. You may be seated. I'm sorry we kept you. Amen. But I believe the, the Lord is here. I believe it. Amen. We have a responsive reading this morning? Okay. All right. All right. And then um, <clears throat> let's just sing uh, let's sing this song, That Same Spirit. And uh, we'll have Brother Kali come, and then we'll start with the specials. <clears throat> Amen. Give the... <clears throat> oh, Jesus said it. Is expedient for me to go away, but I'll send you another comforter to guide you from day to day. So they tarry at Jerusalem for power from on high.
rushing wind, but that same spirit that raised my Jesus up from death and the grave, it will raise this
again that we're here together. And let us praise him while we're here. We know Jesus is always with us. I find places he protects you when you're right and he protects you when you're wrong. I mean, it was on the express on, on the street the other day and a car coming turned right in front of me that I could hardly stop. And I started home and the light was red and I ran right through it. And people had to stop and save me. But Jesus Christ, he loved you. So we just always thank you for what he did. Amen. We're going to read this morning from Psalm 105, verses 1 through 15. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are ever grateful, Lord, for your mercy, for your kindness, Lord, for your presence, for your love unto us all. God, we know that you promised us that you would never leave us, not forsake us. God, and we thank you for it. Lord, we love you. We know that you protect us. Lord, like I said, when we're wrong, when we're right, Lord, you still love us and still take care of us. And we ask you this day, Lord, for the services, Lord, to bless everyone. Lord, grant each one, Lord, that they have need for in their hearts, that they will find them in his words. Lord, we ask you to bless the minister that will bring forth your word unto us today. Lord, and guide him. To lead us, Lord, let us receive what he brings for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 105. I'll give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing songs unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Though ye seed of Abraham his servant, ye children of Jacob his chosen, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac. And confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Saying unto thee, Will I give the land of Canaan the Lord the lot of your inheritance? With labor of a few men in number, yet very few strangers in it. When they went from one nation to another, one kingdom to another people. Saying, touch not mine anointing, and do my prophets no harm. Amen. God bless you. Maybe see it.
Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's, we're going to prepare for some specials as, as, they, uh, as the young kids group prepares, Rachel's class. Let's just sing this, as the deer panteth for the water, sing a verse or two of it, and then they, they, I'll signal to you when you can come. But Josh, do you mind raising me up a little bit? Yeah. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. For you alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship thee. You're my friend. Oh, you're my friend and you are my brother even though you are my king. I want you more than any other so much more than Sing that last verse. Oh, I want you more than gold and silver only. You can satisfy.
appreciate that. Just give the Lord a proper
they just get better and better. Joey Taylor. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for his talents. I wanted to make a call. If anybody had a special or prepared something that I don't know about, you're more than welcome to at this time. Or if you just have a burning something, just you want to sing to the Lord, you're more than welcome to. Going once, going twice. All right. If not, then let's have the, the our youth come. And uh, praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Through the eyes of men it seems There's so much we have lost As we look down the road Where all the prodigals have walked And one by one the enemy Has whispered lies And led them off as slaves We know that you are God, your sister victory. As we know there is more to come that we may not yet see. So with the faith you've given us, we'll step into the valley We call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. As we call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Hop out of the ashes, let us see an army rise. As we call out to dry bones, come alive. Mercy 
them by your spirit, breathe upon them, show the world that you alone can save. You alone can save. As we call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. As we call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Too many smiling faces. Everybody's happy. And everybody's standing up. Hey. Say the blessing, please. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Amen. As we get ready for the word, thank God for the brothers and sisters that helped out with all these singing and all the specials. And for our young children, to uh, they're not children anymore, for these young adults to sing. And sing it from the heart. And know what they're talking about. We hear those songs on the radio and when somebody out in the, you know, out there singing them, which is fine and that's okay. It's, the word's inspired. But when an inspired person, when an inspired person sings an inspired song, that's when the two meet together. So we appreciate everything that you do uh, to get this together and, and singing and, and worshiping the Lord, man. Praise he said yesterday, Brother Ronnie said what? Kick him out. And we've been preaching, let it out. So whatever you got, I hope we've kicked the devil today out of this building. And that God will have liberty today as our brother comes and speaks for us. Good to have Brother Ronnie Long all the way from Ohio and his family, Sister Felice and, and all the kids. I can't remember all of them's names. I'm not going to even try, but they're just beautiful kids. Good to have them here with us. Good to, like I said, again, have our visitors and have everybody here. Uh, we're here to hear the word of the Lord now, the most important part. We'll sit back and listen. Keep that anointing on you. If you do, something may happen. You never know. Amen? I appreciate that. I appreciate Brother Luis and all the song leaders and different ones to bring the atmosphere so that our brother can preach. He can plow the field and not have to worry about it. So let's sing Open the Eyes of My Heart as our brother comes to minister, Brother Ronnie Long. <clears throat> Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You pull on the gift and you'll get what you want today. Don't leave this service without getting something from God. Oh, I want to see. our desire hallelujah it'll be in the house of the lord with you all it's uh, i think i'm using this one here maybe he said the blue one is that okay don't put my hand on the receiver i remember that from last time put it up here praise the lord you'll be in the house of the lord this morning amen thank you for the songs and all the all the praises that were sung there's no better way 
to call him on the scene than to praise his name. Amen. No matter how you feel, you might feel tired, might feel sleepy, you might feel indifferent, but as soon as he comes on the scene, everything changes. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. I don't see... Uh... No? Yes? Okay. You may be seated. You may be seated. <laughs> yeah. We ain't sang in, a, in about probably eight months or so, so we didn't practice or anything. I'll give us some grace. Amen. said just feel at home so we feel at home amen
cry of every longing heart. Worthy is the Lamb. Sing it with us. And I will rise when He calls my name. No more sorrow. that's talking about you it's a little different when it's talking about you amen you sing about somebody else or somebody else's victory but when you're singing about your place in the book then it means something amen and i hear the voice of many angels sing worthy is the lamb amen i believe we have a place in the scripture we're singing worthy is the lamb amen you can stand with us and open your bibles to john the 14th chapter it's good to be here thank you for the invitation the hospitality everything's just been wonderful brother samuel god bless you and it's good to be here and for those of like precious faith thank you to the canadas for putting us up and putting up with us and all the screaming kids running around the house and amen <laughs> amen you know, some people we go travel around and we'll stay with some folks and it's just stressful the whole time because you're worried about the kids upsetting something or knocking something over but i like to stay with folks that are used to having kids so we thank you rachel for the opportunity amen i'd like to speak for a few moments this morning on the way back to life the sixth verse of the 14th chapter jesus saith unto him i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me if ye had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. We can drop down to the 26th verse. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Some things? All things. And bring you all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Father, we ask that you would just be with us this morning. And Lord, we've laid ourselves aside. Lord, we've, we, we've surrendered ourselves to you afresh at your altar this morning. Father, asking that you would just have your will and your way. Father, may you find us under the blood this morning, Lord. May we find a refuge in, in your word this morning. I pray that you just hide us under your the, the, the shadow of your wing, Father. And Lord, it's just words on a paper unless you're here to quicken it to our hearts, Father. And Lord, we ask that your spirit would just have preeminence, Lord. Father, we take every spirit in this building under our control, Lord, that be subject to your word, Father, Lord, that everything would be done in perfect order, Lord, and that you would just be well pleased with what's said and done in here this morning. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open, Lord, as a field ready to harvest, Father. Lord, may we just hear from your throne this morning, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. You may be seated. 
Amen. I like that scripture there because he's promising us peace, uh, not that the world gives unto you. He's not saying that he's going to give us world peace, but he's giving us the peace of the Holy Ghost, the peace that passes all understanding. When we don't know where we're going or where we're coming from, we have a promise of peace. And I know I've had to lean on that promise in this scripture many times in my life to know when I don't know how tomorrow's going to come, I know who's holding tomorrow. I, I know that it's going to come in his hand, and I know that his decision is perfect and he's never made a mistake about it and he's not ever retreated or regretted but his decisions are perfect the first time and I thank God that we have a peace with the Holy Ghost that he promised to send it in our time and in our age and you know, we can get a long way with just an intellectual conception of what this word is, and we can make it a long way down the road with just understanding the knowledge of the word. But when he, the spirit of truth comes and he comes into us and he leads us and he guides us in all things unto perfection, that's when we're walking a real Christian walk, when it's not us trying to make the effort to do it, but it's he, the spirit of truth within us that's doing the work within us. Amen. First John, the fourth chapter, if we could turn to that. I'm sorry, brothers in the back, you just have to give me grace. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. I believe that applies to today. Every spirit that testifies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh in this hour is of God. And every spirit that does not testify that he's come in the flesh, it's not of God. Right? I don't believe there's an expiration date on 1 John 4. Did you see one there? I didn't see an expiration date. So I believe that's current and up to date. Amen? And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak thee of the world, they of the world, and the world heareth them. But we, somebody say we, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we have two spirits working within the framework of the church, right? We have two spirits that are, that are actively working within the church, but we've just been given a promise in 1 John to say that we recognize the true spirit. We will recognize the spirit of error, and we will recognize the true spirit. And one we will reject, and one we will accept. So the choice is up to us of which spirit we're going to accept in this age. I believe it's clearly defined on which spirit is the spirit of truth. It's the one that leads you and guides you into all things. It's he that has come. We're not waiting for him to come. It's he that has come. He is leading us and he is guiding us. I'm so thankful that we have a sure word in this hour. I'm not wondering where I'm going or what I believe in or how I'm going to get there, but I've already been given a word of prophecy that tells me my destination. I've just got to put my name attached to that, right? You've got to see yourself in every scripture. I see myself here in this scripture as recognizing the spirit of truth in my day. I'm not looking for another answer. I have my answer. I'm not looking for another option. I already have. I'm not looking to, to, to move on or sell out. If I was going to sell out, I would have sold out years ago. Keep my hand up. 
I thought you were getting excited and saying amen, but he was just telling me to keep my hand up. Many people will sell their souls for a price. Some will sell it for a million million dollar American Idol contract, or some will sell it for uh, you know being a uh, maybe a basketball star or a football star, or maybe they'll sell it for much less. Maybe they'll be some basement warrior playing some video game in their in their room all day, and that's what they've sold their soul to. But I, I believe. <laughs> I believe in this age, we have a sure word of prophecy of what, what our soul is valued at. I'm not going to sell myself short to say that I, I'm just almost going to make it to the line and then I'm going to fall short. But we are given a sure word of prophecy that we will cross the line. There is a generation of finishers in this hour that will finish the work that was started 2,000 years ago. We will finish the word that was started when Paul preached it. The word that was started when Peter preached it. The word that was prophesied when Jesus spoke it. There will be somebody that will finish that work. I believe we make up that group of people in this hour. We're not selling short for some distraction of this world, but we've been given a prophecy that we follow that because it means it's our life. It's our source. It's our, it's our blood. We're not selling ourselves for a million dollars or some religious spirit, but we know where we're going. Many people have the Bible and they sell themselves to some church or some foundation or something that will give them an offering or a, a, a better check somewhere and they'll sell themselves to that. But I have, I have sold out to this message. I'm not looking for anything else. I've sold everything that I am for this. I'm not looking for another reason or a question of how to get out of it. I've sold everything that I am to it. And I would ask every individual, what have you sold yourself to? You, you know, I've been attacked for selling myself out to the, the prophecy of what they call a man. But I said, you sold yourself to, to much less. You sold yourself to, a, to a, a work contract that work's not even going to make a difference. That job will fire you next year when times get tough. That bank account you've been building will get empty as soon as the IRS comes for it. That house that you paid off, it's not really yours. That property that you work for, it's not really yours. But we, we need to be sure what we've anchored our soul into. Every hour that we spend on this earth is going to be accounted to something. We've got to know what it's accounted to. I would rather be, I'd rather be guilty of spending, of spending all my time around this word than spending way too much time building a kingdom for somebody else, for some, some pharaoh out there somewhere or some Egyptian somewhere out there that doesn't care about you and you might be building your own company, but guess what? That company would be taken away tomorrow just like that. I know I have my own business. I know how close it is. When the IRS decides that it's, your, it's theirs, it's theirs. You can run everything right. You can cross all your I's and cross your, well, you dot your I's and cross your T's. But the point I'm making is that our, we must be secure in where we are invested in. You know, for, 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 for ages, the church has been looking for, for a fruit to come. For the, for the first age, they were looking for a fruit to manifest. In the second age, they were looking for a fruit to manifest. And, 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 and they're looking for that all through the ages. But I believe we are at the age when that fruit is at the top of the tree. When that fruit is coming to life and it's bringing forth, how do you know what kind of tree it is? By the fruit that it's producing. You know, we, 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 it seems like, man, as we go along in time and we go along in history, and you just have to bear with me, I, I hadn't. 
I had planned on preaching something else, and this morning I woke up, and it was like an audible voice said to me, preach this. So I, I had to re-go back through these notes and refine the inspiration of it, but the Lord told me to preach this, and then I found out during the song service why. But I believe the Lord has something in store for us. But it seems like it's become a, uh, uh, it's a billion-dollar industry looking to see where you've come from. You know, 23andMe or Ancestry.com, and everybody wants to know where they come from. What's their, what's their makeup, and what's their genetics, and how do they get to be where they're at? And a man is always questioning to know where he came from. What's my history? How did I get to where I'm at? Uh, who was my dad, and who was his dad, and who, where did they come from? And, uh, you know, my wife, uh, we got, we, the kids and I, we got her for Mother's Day, uh, one of those uh, 23andMe things. And so she sat back, and, uh, you know, she finds out she's from all over different places of the world. And, uh, you know, you might not know where you come from. You said, I'm kind of scared to send my dad. I don't know where I've come from, you know. You think you're one thing, and you find out you're, you're something totally different. <laughs> But I believe as end-time believers, we didn't just start in some sub-Saharan desert somewhere, or some African jungle somewhere, or, or some Swedish uh, uh, glacier somewhere. But I believe we had a beginning. And I believe that that is the heart of man, is to find his way back to where he came from. Because if he can find his way back to where he came from, he knows where he's going from here. He knows how he's going to get back to, to, to end this circle of time. I believe we've been given a direct line back to our, our forefathers. Our forefathers did not start just a, a few hundred years ago when some ships came over here to this country. But my forefathers started back in the little upper room, back on the day of Pentecost, when they were caught up in one mind and one accord, and they were all together gathered under one spirit of Christ. And there a generation was started. And that generation still lives today in the believer to finish the work which was began back then in the upper room. I'm not ashamed to tie myself. You know, as some people might find out that they're related to some criminal or some, some mastermind back in, t- and they might be ashamed to tie themselves to that. I am not ashamed to tie myself back to my heritage. I know where I came from. I'm not ashamed to tie myself to a tongue-talking uh, son of God, acts-believing, working in the power of Christ, son of God. I'm not ashamed to tie myself to that. I know where I came from, and there's no other way I'm going to get back to where I'm going unless I see the line in which I came. How did they get there? I'll get there the same way. How did so-and-so? I'll get there the same way. How did Peter find it? I'll get there the same way. There's only one way to get back to life. And it's through this message. We will not find it any other way. You will not find it through uh, some denominational whim or, or some thought of a man or some theology. If that was going to happen, they would have found it ages ago. But it's at the, the appointed time God will cause this bride to see herself in the word so clearly that she will manifest the fruit of it. It won't be a question to her, but there's one provided way back to that kingdom. We're not from this kingdom of England or this kingdom of the United States, or, but we're from an original kingdom. It didn't have a beginning and it won't have an end. I don't know about you, church, but that excites me. I'm not from this, just this states here or just as far as I can travel there, but I'm from another kingdom that will not have an end. It didn't have a beginning, and so I am part of that as it is part of me. We're walking in that. That's our inherited rights. We have authority in that kingdom. You know, we used to, used to try to blend in with other kingdoms, right? We used to try to blend in. That's why we don't feel at home when we go to Walmart. We're not from Walmart. 
That's why we don't feel at home when we go. I, I, yesterday, we needed something from the store. I Googled Dollar General close to Joe's house, and there was like 127 red dots popped up on the map. I said, my, there's more Dollar Generals here than there is people. Not, that's why we don't feel at home when we go to Dollar General. We're not from this kingdom. We're not meant to blend in. You know, we used to blend in. When I was in high school, I blended in with the rest of the football team. When I was out in the world, I bled, tried to blend in with the rest of the world. When I, was, when, I was, uh, when I was a good hypocrite in the church, I tried to blend in with the rest of the believers in the church. But you see, we're not meant to blend in with this world. We're, we're from another kingdom. We've got to recognize why we believe what we believe. That's a question that we all are going to ask. And I'm just building a foundation. I hope, I hope we're okay. That's a question that we're all going to ask ourselves at one point. Why do we believe what we believe? If this message is just codes and rules to you, you miss something. And this is just a way to live your life and your skirt's got to be just this long and your heels have got to be just this short and you're going to get away with just this much makeup or you can get away with just this much trimming your hair. You've totally missed the point of why a prophet came. He did not come just to tell us not to wear purple shoes. He came to reveal Christ in our day. He came to reveal a living God in our hour that we can recognize that the same Messiah is here today that was here 2,000 years ago and he's living in flesh through you and I. It's not just another set of rules to me. It's not just uh, just a thing I have to follow. But I'm so in love with this word that it's everything that I am. It's my being. It's my makeup. It's the breath that I breathe. This word is life to me. It's not just a, a creed or a theology, but what do you say it is? Peter, who, what, what do men say that I am? Well, if you could only hear, they would say this. They would say that, you know, you're just, uh, you're just the son of, of Joseph and Mary, and you have no authority to be doing the things that you're doing. Hmm. What do you say about it, Peter? First, he asked, what do men say? They said, what about you as an individual? What do you say that I am? So that takes it down to another level for us. We can't just say, well, the pastor preaches it like this. Or so-and-so believes it like this. But what do you say as an individual about this Christ that you've come in contact with? What does it mean to you? Is it another set of rules or codes? You'll end up in the side of the road somewhere. You'll end up off in a ditch somewhere. But you must see it as the living Christ in this hour. It is Jesus manifest in a bride body. Walking, talking, preaching, delivering, saving, healing. The same works that he did shall you do also and greater works because there's more of us believing the same thing many messiahs right messiahs but some say this or that what do you say about this message i want you to really think about it what do you think about it what do you say it is what does it mean to you well some say that you know it brother bam's gonna have to come back and tie up all these all these loose ends some say that, you know, we're going to be, uh, we're going to have to go find a giant tent somewhere and meet there. Uh, some say that he had good opinions, you know, but he had good, well, he was under prophecy, but his opinions weren't any good. Some say, well, you can take this part, but you have to leave this part out. Some say you can only quote what was after 1963. Some say that, you know, he was, uh, he was influenced by the Pentecostals and that's why he preached a moving of the spirit in the church. Some say he was a Baptist by origin, so that's why he preached. You see, but what do you say about this message? What is it to you as an individual? I could ask name by name. 
Brother Luis, what is it to you? And sister, sister, what is it to you? You see, name by name, asking, what does this message mean to you? It's got to be more than just my daddy's religion or my pastor's religion or what, what, what I just, I found a home here and they have love and they, maybe they help me out financially. It's got to be so much more than that. You've got to recognize that this is the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon this rock, he has built his church. He's not built his church upon Branham Tabernacle or the name associated with it, but he built his church upon the revelation that Christ is here. That same revelation is laying within our hearts to recognize that Jesus is walking among us. Look to your neighbor and say, I see Christ. I see Christ. If we, if we don't believe that, then why are, we, why are we believing what we are? Why are we sacrificing? I don't have to pass the mic to ask you. You have sacrificed to be in this building this morning. You have made sacrifices and you have, you have submitted yourself unto the word to be in this building this morning. You have, you have forsaken friends. You have forsaken family. You have forsaken your own wants, your own desires, your own temptations. You're here this morning. Somebody just touch yourself and say, I'm here. I'm here. That's a mighty victory because Satan would not let you here unless you overcame something. You would not be in this room this morning unless you had already overcome something. You might feel that you're weak in faith and you're not going to make another service, but you're here this morning. Which means there's something greater in you than he that is in the world. The spirit of truth brought you here. You do not come here of your own accord or because you might think that your mom dragged you in here or your wife might be upset with you if you weren't here this morning, but he, the spirit of truth, has brought you here. Sometimes we just need to pat ourselves on the back and say, I'm still here. I may feel weak in faith, but I'm still here, devil. If I'm still here, it means I still have breath in my lung and I can change the circumstance that I'm under. I can change the situation I am. I'm still here. To think of it, that, that before, before there ever was a trial, we were here. Before there ever was a headache, we were here. Before there ever was a, a diabetes, we were here. Before there ever was cancer, we were here. Before there was a depression, we were here. And we're still here. Because we come from somewhere eternal. We're not settling for anything less than getting back to eternity. I'm not settling for just a simple circuit on this earth, given, you know, 70, 80, 90 years. No, I'm going back to eternity. But I, I believe we feel in the air in this time that we're, we're under a different dispensation. I know you feel it. I, I know we all feel it, that, that we're being called to a higher level than we were last year. Or than we were the year before. We're being called under a different anointing. There's a, there's a different feeling in the air. We used to sing this song back in the church. There's a feeling in the air. And God is everywhere. And his resurrection power is moving in this hour. That song didn't make any sense to me when I used to sing it 25 years ago. But today I recognize there's a feeling in the air. His resurrection power is manifesting itself through the body of believers in this hour. We're called to be higher than we were last year. We're getting called up uh, to believe more than we did last year, to, to use our faith more than we did last year. We can't just rely on some old experience. God forbid that we would come to a message church for 15 years and realize we've never been born again. God forbid we come and hear the truth as service after service for 20 years and then one day realize that we never really went all the way. That we never really anchored our soul in that haven of rest. 
God forbid that would happen, but you're still here this morning. So you have, you have the breath to change that situation. You have the mindset to say, I realize that there is something happening around me, that there's a change happening. I don't want to miss getting in that, in that whirlwind. I don't want to miss getting under that anointing. I don't want to miss getting under this rapture anointing. There's something calling you. You know, you would not feel that if the Lord was not calling you. I think we could probably say, hey, nobody in here wants to miss the rapture. Anybody here want to miss the rapture? There's something in you that's, 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 that's destined to overcome. The greatest overcoming will be the changing of our bodies. That's when you know you've made it. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it all the way. But we have an earnest expectation of that now. We can feel the elements around us changing now. We feel the resurrection power moving in the room now. We are recognizing that he is here now. We're not waiting for something, but this is another season. Right? Through every age, there was a season. There was a season under Luther and season under Pentecost. But now we're living under another season. It's our season. This is your season. Uh, We used to say, I hear this song back in the the old church. It's our season to be blessed. He's going to open up the windows. He's going to pour out our blessings. It's our season to be blessed. When did it become normal for the Christian church just to lay lay back and say, Hey, ah, this is not my season to be blessed. I've just got to go through this. No, it's your season for victory. Somebody say, my season. My season. You were here before the trial you're going through. You were in the mind of God before that trial you're going through. When when God in his infinite wisdom thought of this time, and he thought what it would take to make an overcomer, that's when you came into the mind of God. Before there ever was a time back in the, we're talking way back in the mind of Elohim. You can go back and listen to the adoption series. Brother Branham covers it way back in the mind of Elohim. When he's thinking of the final, final hour where the finishers would finish the work, he's thinking of you, Brother Bob. He's thinking of you, Brother Aaron. He's thinking of finishers. Boom, 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 boom. And there we come into the mind of God to be put into this age. God did not put you in this age so you could fail. God put you in this age and he predestinated you with every resource you need to overcome in this hour. Everything that you have need of is already laying within you. Remember Brother Branham said it? Everything that we have need of has already been preached. It's already been poured out. We're not waiting for it to come. It's already here. But in the right season, it comes to life. I think we kind of maybe touched on that yesterday. Uh, you know, the, the sun in March and the sun in April is not a harvest sun, but they're in August. But you know, the thing about an August sun is it's hot. It's really hot. And it's hard to stay under that sun. It's hard to stay under the anointing. It's hard to stay under this word. It's hard to give away your headship to this word. It's hard to let your flesh fall away and let your own desires fall away. And the closer we get to harvest season, the hotter that sun gets. The hotter that sun causes that seed to come forth out of the shuck, the the closer we get. But it's in due season, right? Proverbs, the 15th chapter, would say, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good is it to have a word in due season? To recognize you're living in the right hour. You're living at the right time. You have the right word. And you are the right person. 
To recognize those things is the key to victory. To recognize this is talking about you. Don't come to me and tell me, well, I'm weak in faith and you don't know the struggles I've gone through. We can pass the mic. Everybody in here had struggles to get here this morning. Everybody had to overcome their flesh to get here this morning. Everybody had to get out of bed tired and sore and they just want to go back to sleep. Everybody had to overcome something to get here this morning. Don't tell me about your struggles, but tell me that you see yourself in the word overcoming. Remember in the prayer line, something as simple as this, Brother Brandon would have somebody come and he would say, I see a dark shadow over you and and it's death. It's a death sentence. But he said, don't worry, I see you healed on the other side of the line. Somewhere between here and there, I see that dark shadow removing off of you. That's our walk with Christ. Somewhere between now and a rapture, that dark shadow is being removed off of us. We've got to recognize we are the ones walking in that vision. It's talking about us. We've got to recognize we're living in the, in the perfect age. We're living at the right time that God created us for. Now we think about it, we, 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 want to, we want to separate things and pull apart things. But let me say that you've got to take the whole word. You've got to take all of it. You've got to take the parts that you don't care for. You've got to take the parts that you love. You've got to take all the word to get a fullness of a change. I believe that's what we're looking for. Is that all right? All right. So we've laid a foundation, right? In your season. Can't be blessed unless you're in your season, right? Israel couldn't be blessed until they were in their land. They couldn't be blessed until it was at the right time under the right anointing and the authority was given as soon as they came under that headship of that season. We are in a season of rapture. This is the season of the manifestation of all things where the sons of God come to fullness of manifestation. That's the season that we live in. It's not for another age. All that was there at Pentecost, we have that and more. You know, the thing about Azusa Street is they didn't have the mechanics that we have today. When when Azusa broke out, they had the dynamics in the church, but the prophet had not yet come. So they did not have the mechanics that we have. But it seems like through men and through ages uh, gone by that men had kind of wearied away from the, the dynamics of the church and they majored on the mechanics. And there, uh, things were, were, were taught so heavy and taught so deep and it was laying a foundation. For what? For this hour. When the dynamics would come back into the church and now it's not the same. Don't be afraid that we're going to end up like Azusa. When Azusa opened up, the prophet had not yet come. But now we have a perfect word and the foundation's been laid and the teaching has been established and the ministry has laid it out waiting for the dynamics to strike. I believe we're at that age. I believe we're at that time. We are turning a corner in this thing. You know, as, as you're building a pyramid, you know, in, in uh, building a house, you just lay a wall. And then you turn a corner and you lay a wall. You turn a corner, you lay a wall. But when you're building a pyramid, every time you turn a corner, it, it gets shorter. And that wall gets shorter. And that corner comes faster. And that corner comes faster and faster and faster. And as we're getting to the top of this thing, we are turning corners from service to service. What we believe last year seems uh, it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's just a, a thing of the past. But now we are living in the sun. The ripening of the seed living in the sun. John 16 would say, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into 
all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. In the Amplified, it says, he shall take of my thoughts and reveal them unto you. That's powerful. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Jesus is saying his thoughts are my thoughts. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. I'll be with you even in you. I won't lose one of mine. All that is his is mine. And all that is mine is his. A little while and you shall not see me. And again a little while you shall see me. Because I go to the Father. Friends, we will not make access to this without the Holy Ghost. Without the spirit of truth, it's always going to remain head knowledge. You can, you can decipher it. You can break it down. You can draw a graph. You can, you can have a diagram. You can do a, 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 just a parallel a, a comparison of it. But it's always going to stay up here without the Holy Ghost. It's always going to remain up here as a head knowledge unless he, the spirit of truth, shall come and reveal unto you all things. You might know all things in your head, but when he comes, it's revealed unto your heart. Then it becomes a reality to you, and you know what I'm saying to you is the gospel truth because you recognize that same word. That same, oh, I heard the prophet say that. I heard the scripture say that. I recognize that as me. I recognize that in my my being. It's everything that you are when he, the spirit of truth, has come. But there's only one way to get back there. Men for 2,000 years have tried to get back access into that. Even longer than that there when those bloody lamb skins were slapping. And they tried to get access back into that eternity. But you and I are on the threshold of stepping into that eternity. Of just taking one more step right into that perfect walk with God. Where men for, for, for the beginning of time has tried to get access into that. But there's only one way back. It's through the message. It's not through the, the, your interpretation of the message. It's through the pure word of the message. In this hour, that is what we are living. That's why the devil's trying to steal the power out of the church. That's why the devil's trying to keep the Holy Ghost out of the pulpit. Am I okay? Nothing makes me more upset than to hear a preacher come up and try to get the power of the Holy Ghost out of the pulpit. If there's anything that's going to set your kids free, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. If there's anything that's going to bring that prodigal back, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. If there's anything that's going to make this a living word unto you, it is the power of the Holy Ghost. How dare a man come behind the pulpit and try to remove that power from the church? You don't need great powerful to discern to decide whether that's a God-called man or not. Any ministry that tries to take the Holy Ghost out of the Word is a man's ministry. You don't need discernment to, to decide what's going on here. We've got to have the Holy Ghost in the church. Without it, what are we gathering for? Without it, what are we coming? Are we singing songs without the power of the Holy Ghost in here? My, I think, how, what, where would I be without the power of the Holy Ghost? What would I be doing? We can, we can, we can say that we have a, a discerning spirit, but oftentimes we find it's just a critical spirit. You know, and we'll just compare this quote with that. Well, he missed it there and he misrepresented there. But what is he preaching? Yeah. 
What is he getting to? What is he trying to lead you to? And, you know, we get so caught up sometimes on making sure the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed that we miss the very coming of the Son of Man. That we've missed the very coming of the Holy Ghost in our midst because we're so concerned with, with everything going on around us. And, you know, the Pharisees were concerned with the same thing. They were so upset that he healed a girl on the wrong day, they totally missed the miracle that happened in front of them. They totally missed that he healed that girl because it was on the wrong day, according to their knowledge. They didn't receive the miracle that took place before them. God forbid that we would do the same thing. To be so caught up under this under this uh, uh, overtime discernment, that we're trying to make sure, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to take a bite of the wrong thing. But in the meantime, the miracle has come, and we've missed it. Well, surely Elias must first come. He's already come. <laughs> he already showed his signs unto you. He already manifested himself unto you, and you missed it. But I thank God that we have a sure word that we didn't miss it in this hour. We didn't miss his coming. We didn't miss his day of visitation. It's happening right now. Somebody just pat yourself and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it. I woke up this morning. I thank God I have breath in my lungs. I didn't miss it. I'm still here. I can still receive it. I can still get back on track. I can get back to life. And if you're already walking in the way of life, onward, Christian soldier, marching as to war. Let's take this word and march on. Not waiting for something to come. This is the season for it. I don't need you to interpret me. God is his own interpreter of his own word. I don't need you to tell me where I'm going. His word has already told me where I'm going. And I see myself in that word. It's of no private interpretation. I see myself there. I'm a written epistle, written and read of all men, walking in the word. That's why we believe this. It's not a man's interpretation or inspiration. He's already come. If you didn't know my father, you didn't know me. There's elements within you that were not in generations gone by. There's pieces within you that God placed and deposited in this hour whatever they are, to change your very elements. My, me? Yeah, you. You weak in faith? Yeah, you. You was unsure why you're here? Yeah, you. There's something within you that will change the very elements in your body. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I look forward to that. Just one day, the anointing will just be caught up. We'll be caught up into heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Friends, it's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. But I believe there are some standing here which shall not taste of death, but they shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Our very bodies will be changed. Why do we believe what we believe? We believe this because we believe in a rapture. We believe in the coming of the Son of Man to change our very bodies into a perfect body. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. That's why we believe what we believe. You can't give up if you tried. I'll not lose one of mine. I'll not lose one of mine. There's some running as hard as they can. God will get them. He will not lose one of his. He will not leave a hoof behind. He will not leave them out in a ditch somewhere. But all that is mine will come unto me. I tried it. Brother Wade, I tried it. I tried to run. I tried to take off and say, hey, you can have this religion. 
But something keeps holding me. Every day I see. What is it? There's something deposited within you that you can't help but come here. You couldn't help but bring yourself to the house of God this morning. You can't help but bring yourself under this word. You can't help it. Because there's something within you that's pulling on you. It's drawing on you. All that coming to me, the Father has drawn them. He's drawing you. But what is he drawing you for? He's drawing you to walk in a perfect word, under a perfect light, under a perfect revelation. Because you're a perfect people. My, I think the devil does a good job of telling us how, how weak we are. I think it's time to turn the word around and tell him how strong we are. Tell him how mighty we are. If the weakest Christian can get on his knees and every demon runs for cover, how about somebody who's positionally placed in the body when, a, when a somebody who knows that they're a manifested son of God gets on his knees? Oh, my, the very, the very devil himself shakes in his boots because he knows we know. Hey, the gig is up. You see, all this time through time, he's not known what's going on with us. What, what keeps driving them? I put so many roadblocks in front of Brother Luis. Why is he, why is he still going? What's the deal? I guess I'm going to have to hit him again. And here he is again. I put so many roadblocks in front of Zach. Why is he still here? Here he is. You see, he doesn't see what's going on inside you. There's another conversation taking place. There's another relationship taking place. You know, he doesn't know. He's maybe gathered around here wondering, what is the attraction inside, inside 6467 Main Street? He doesn't know why we're all gathered in here. To him, it's just a booming thunder and some people getting excited and, you know, some words being spoken. But he doesn't recognize the relationship taking place. The transformation taking place. What is the attraction on the mountain? What is the attraction inside this little tabernacle in here this morning? You see, to him, it just looks like uh, you're just as, you're going to fail tomorrow as hard as you did yesterday. But to you and I, there's another conversation taking place. That we know where we're going. We know how we're going to get back there. We know by faith, he will see us through. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to just uh, put us on the side of the road. But the prescription is the same it was back in the upper room. If we can get in one mind, one accord, the same thing will happen. And we wonder sometimes why we don't have a revival in our life. It's the same prescription that it was back there in the upper room. By one mind, one accord, it will be the same. But you see, you've got to recognize the season we're in. We're coming into a rapture season. This is the season of life. This is the season where we're going to make manifest and show our colors of what we are. What is the theme of the year? Whatever it is, let it out. This is the season to let it out. You're going to let out your fruit no matter what it is. If it's false, you're going to let it out. If it's a true fruit, you're going to let it out. If it's a manifested son of God, you're going to let it out. The sun is ripening over the seed. It's going to let it out. It's going to come out. It's going to bring forth the life that's within it. That's the only way you can tell what kind of tree it is. It'll produce it. It'll make the hard choices. It'll make the hard changes in your life. God, it's hard sometimes to, to follow under this anointing. Brother Bram said, I labor to stay under this anointing so that I can see where the message is today. Take that home and think about it. See where it is today, right now. Where is that anointing right now? I want to get under it. I don't want to just come to church and realize that I spent 50 years of my life sitting in a pew and it didn't mean anything. 
Why come this far and give up now? Why come all this way and just turn it away now? Why not just take the next step and enter all the way in to that Shekinah glory where you know you're secured, you're anchored, you're going home. It's as good as the, it's as good as getting on the train. That ticket is just as good as stepping on the train. It's the earnest of it. <laughs> Excuse me. But there's something within us. We cannot deny it. As that sun begins to move over us, it begins to come out. Here a few months ago, I was, uh, I was at Brother Shoemake's church. Remember the Shoemake? Up in Pennsylvania. And at the time I happened to be there, they, they have a sugar shack, right? And they make syrup. And the time I was there, it was a syrup day. So the day before church, we had spent the, we spent the day in the sugar shack, and they were boiling it and boiling it. And they had this big, sophisticated machine, and they pour this sap into there, and it, it takes all the sap, and it boils it down to this chamber and boils it down to that chamber. I don't know if honey's made the same or how it's made, something like that. But they come down, it comes down, and comes down. And by the time it comes out, you open the valve, and it's syrup. And it's good. But you see, through the course of the process... All of the impurities were boiled out. Through the course of pouring that sap into there, all of the impurities were boiled and boiled and transferred and boiled and transferred and boiled. And he's got an automated setup. And when that thermometer hits 122.4 degrees, the valve opens and out comes syrup. God knows what he's doing. He's not left you on the fire too long. He knows what he's doing. He's boiling out all of the impurities until you can make sweet syrup. When all the impurities are gone, then it's time to open the valve. But you see, there's some intelligence within that tree that pushes the sap up. I thought it was pretty remarkable. Maybe I'm just dumb. But I thought it was pretty remarkable. There's, that, there's an intelligence within that tree that they tap that tap into that tree. And there it is all year. And there's no sap coming out of it. All winter, no sap. No sap. Leaves are gone. No life seemingly in the tree. But then there's a change of season. And that old winter frost begins to die off. And that old frost begins to fall off the tree. And that sun begins to show itself. There, there in northern Pennsylvania, there's some, there's some winter times where you don't see the sun. But that sun begins to show itself again. And it begins to crest over the hill. And that tree, something within that tree, knows it's time to produce life. It's time to push the sap up out of the roots and up into the tree. What, what intelligence told that tree to do that? It's built in it. Where was that sap all winter? So if you're a tree, <laughs> you be a tree with me for a minute. If you're a tree in Northern Pennsylvania and there you all, th this time of year, you're beautiful and you're green. And, oh, my, you've just produced your harvest and it's just a wonderful time. And, but then there's a change in the air. And the sun's not coming up as early as it used to. And your leaves begin to change color. And they begin to fall. And they begin to wither. And there you were, a beautiful tree. And all of a sudden now, there's barely a leaf on you. Nothing there, just a, just a dry old branch. And that sun hides its face. You don't see that sun much anymore. But then all of a sudden there's a change in the air. All of a sudden there's another wind blowing by. 
And you feel a little bit of warmth in the air. And you feel a little bit of different difference in the air. And you feel that the pressure in the altitude is changing. The pressure in the atmosphere is changing. There's a, there's a difference happening. You can't help but produce leaves. You can't help it. But where was that life the whole winter? Where was that life all winter long? It was down in the roots. It was down inside those roots and at the right time, under the right season, under the right anointing, that life comes out of those roots and begins to pop forth life. <laughs> leaves, fruit, leaves, fruit, leaves, fruit. Seems like overnight a tree will just bloom into a full, full leaves. What is it? There's a life inside of it that knows it's time to produce. I believe the church is coming to that time of life where we know it's time to produce. Where we're maybe our sap's been down in the roots for years and years, but there's a changing of the sun. It's time to produce the fruit. It's time to produce the life. It's already within you. The intelligence within you tells you. What is it? It's He, the Spirit of Truth. He's saying it's time to produce it. It's time to produce it. It's, it's the hour for it. Don't hold it back. It's the hour for it. It's the time. You want a quote on this? Sure, okay. The Roman caterpillar started eating on that bright tree and took it all the way to the roots. Cut it all the way back. Everything cut the tree right off like he did Christ. The bridegroom cut the bride right down and started out in creeds and denominations the same old bug. But what, oh glory, but in its roots was the predestinated seed. In our roots is a predestinated seed. My, that does something to me because it tells me I'm going to make it. In my roots, there's a predestinated seed. The royal seed of Abraham, it could not die. Though you couldn't feel it sometimes, it could not die. Though you didn't know it was there, it could not die. Even though you didn't see it working, it could not die. There's a predestinated seed within you that cannot die. Satan can't have it. He doesn't have access to it. There's something greater within you. The devil can't touch it. The word was in the roots with the promise. Now I wish I would have given him my quote to put up. The word was in the roots with the promise. I will restore, saith the Lord, all the years that the caterpillar cut off, all that the locusts eat and all the rest of the bugs eat up, I will restore it back, thus saith the Lord. My, that should do something to us. I will restore all the years that you've just been a good church sinner. I will restore all the years that you feel the devil has taken from your joy and given you depression and taken you out of the out of the life and the love of God. I will restore all the years back unto you. It's a promise. It's laying within you. The life is already in you. Rapturing faith is not going to come into you. It's already in you. But under the right season and dispensation, it draws it out of us. It draws it up out of us. Those years that you spent playing around with the devil, he'll restore those years. It's drawing it up out of you. It's the drawing power of the word. My goodness. To think, you probably did not wake up and look at yourself in the mirror this morning and think, I'm a spiritual king. I'm a king of a kingdom. If you're like me, you look in the mirror, you're like, ooh. But what does God see? What does that life in you produce? My, why are we believing this, friends? Is it just some rules that make us feel good? 
some good morals for our kids to live by. This is resurrection power. It's in the word. It's in our roots. That's why we believe it's down in there. Sometimes you can't feel it. Sometimes you're unaware it's there, but that life is in your roots. Just get under the anointing long enough for it to come up and let it blossom and let it manifest itself. And you'll be able to say, I know I'm a spiritual king. Now I'm a king and priest. Now I know I have adoption authority. Now I know I'm walking in step with the word. My, you're a prophecy. You're going to come to pass. God forbid that somebody else down the street would be able to say, I am the Lulu revival. Right? Some, somebody from Africa fly over here and say, hey, Brother Wade, where's the Lulu revival? I'm the Lulu Revival. You're looking at it. This is where it is. This is where it's happening. Don't say, oh, so-and-so is here. You ought to meet so-and-so. He's on fire. I am the revival happening in Lula, Georgia. We've got to recognize this is happening in our midst. This is an event. We're not waiting for an event to come. The event has already come. This is the rapture. Us taking the word in fullness. Eating the book. Becoming the word. Living it out. My, I think it should be more than just a, uh, just a nice quote that makes you feel good, but it should be a life lived. Not just on Sunday morning when you feel good, but through the week a life lived. That if he should come, he's coming for you. If he should come tonight, he's coming for you. If he should come right now, he's coming for you. A life lived to know there's a relationship there. My, there's such a love. I don't want to, I would, I would, I'd rather die than hurt the Lord. That kind of love. Remember Brother Ben would say, I don't, when I leave overseas, I don't, you know, my wife doesn't say now, now, now Bill, you will not talk to another woman. You will not, you will not fellowship with another woman. You won't write letters to another woman. No, he said, but our love is so strong that it's not spoken like that. Uh, she knows that I love her so much that I wouldn't dare do anything to hurt her. How about our relationship with the Lord? Does he know that about you? Does he know that your relationship is so... He's already proven his love. He's already proven that he cares more for you than his own life. What about you? Have you shared the same kind of love with your Savior? Have you shared... Now, this might just be simple preaching. But have you shared that with him? You love him so much, you would rather die than hurt him. I love this so much, I'd rather rather cease to breathe than hurt him. We're his, we're his victory. You quoted it yesterday. We're his victory. <laughs> we're, not, we're not just the crown cast at his feet. We're on the throne. We're there with him. We are his victory. We're his bride. We're, 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 but sometimes we don't realize how important we are in this, in this realm. My, the devil's got us so beat up sometimes we just barely mope our way into church. Man. Remember, Brother Brandon would cover it, and in, in, uh, he'd say, he'd say they just write about praying and fasting. Pray and fast. Pray and fast. He said, why do they just write about praying fast? Much like the, the, the disciples of John. Remember, the Pharisees came to Jesus, and they said, why do John's disciples fast and pray? And we're fasting and praying, but yet your disciples are eating and drinking with you. 
My, that makes me happy because I know what class I'm in. I'm not sad. I'm not worried. I'm not moping my way in here. But how could you be sad when the bride is dining with the bridegroom? We're with him. We're one. We're fellowshipping with him. We're, he, he said they, ha- they write those things because they have not realized the awakening of the bride. I've been awakened. (laughs) Not a false woke out there. This is the real awakening in this hour. We have been awakened to realize that the word is becoming manifest in you. Many of you have been in here longer than I've been alive. All of those years of teaching has come up to this moment in time that you could realize all of that foundation is coming to life in this hour. All of that word that's been poured in and poured in and poured in is coming to life in this hour. Under this season, you are walking in prophecy. I don't know if there's monitors, but if I could get a little bit. You're walking in prophecy. And that prophecy has a voice, right? She will be the final voice to the final age. That prophecy has a voice. He would say, then take that bucket of water and set it at a post out there and see if nature will run it down in the fall of the year and bring it back in the spring. No, sir. What is it now aside? It's God's provided way. It only operates the way God provides for it. A little voice says, get down to the roots, and down it goes. Now, it does that without any intelligence. What, what, what ought we to do by the same God speaking to us? We, but we got a right to refuse it or to accept it. And mostly, we refuse it. He says, but a tree. Remember, you agreed to enter in with me. We're pretending to be trees for a minute. But a tree can't refuse. A tree only knows one routine, and that's to obey its master. It cannot refuse. When the sun goes away, the life drops into the roots to preserve it, right? Now, when the sun comes back, that life must, must come up out of those roots and bring forth fruit. It's the hour that we're living in. It's the time that we're in. You're not going to be, don't, don't be troubled that you're going to run out of gas at the finish line. God did not bring you all the way this far just to leave you there at the line, brother. He didn't bring you out of whatever you came out of just to leave you right here at this time. He brought you to be a finisher. He brought you to lay aside every weight that has so easily beset us and run the race that is set before us with the gospel. This is why I believe what I believe. I'm not interested in just hearing uh, good thoughts or a good sermon. I want life. I want to see life. It's what's inside of me. I can't help but produce it. I can't help it. I'm a tree. I can't refuse it. I've got to produce a life. I'm a living son of God. My, sometimes the devil would look at us and say, living, huh? I'm a living son of God. I produce the fruit of which I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I know that this message works. I know this message works when you have nobody else to lean on and when you don't know where else to go and when you're so confused in your mind. I know this message works. I know this message works when you're just a hypocrite sitting on the front pew saying amen just like everybody else. I know this message works. I know this message works when you're out drunk on the street and you don't know your own name. I know this message works. I know what I'm talking about. This is life. How would, where would we be without it? Where would we be without the grace of God? And to think sometimes we let him sit in the corner with dirty feet on because we're so concerned with some. 
My goodness. Here a while back, I was out uh, uh, at my, my dad's uh, uh, dedication meetings. Or not dedication, but what do you call that? Tenth anniversary. And uh, we, I didn't get a haircut in town, so I went to get a haircut there where he's at. It was a little rough barbershop, you know. It was just, you know, hey, what's up? Yeah, homie, you know, at the barbershop, and I'm just getting ready to preach, you know. Well, they had this, this game on, and it was the, the Warriors versus the Cavaliers, right? And I'm like, it's not basketball season. Well, come to find out, it was the championship in 2015, the Warriors versus the Cavaliers. And they were, they were watching this, and the guys were stopping, cutting hair, and watching it like they didn't know who was going to win. And it had the attention of everybody in the room because it's overtime. There's less than two minutes left. This is the final capstone of the game. One way or the other, the game's over. And everybody's just looking. And I'm like, hey, I got to go. <laughs> Can you finish cutting my hair? And the guy's looking at us, two minutes left, two minutes left. But the game's already happened. They already know who's going to win. And then they pan outside and they show the, the, the stands, the, the fans that couldn't make it into the, into the Coliseum and there they are in Cleveland, I think, and there's people going bananas. There's people going nuts, and they're, they're turning over cars, and they're jumping off roofs, and they're, they're shouting, and they're doing backflips, and, and it's about a rubber ball that maybe will go into that hoop. And they're cheering on some guy who sold his soul for $120 million to throw a rubber ball inside a hoop. But yet the, the, the living God will come into our midst and he will perform signs and wonders and miracles and change hearts and lives. And he'll barely get a, yep. barely get a hand raised. God forbid that we would leave him in the corner with dirty feet. I don't want to be guilty of leaving any praise left out on the field. I, this is game time. This is the Super Bowl hour. This is the capstone ministry. It's not time to hold back praise. It's time to let it out now. Don't be guilty of holding that within you and say, Oh, I'll do it another day. I'll do it another time. You may not get another time. Me and my wife were just reflecting this morning that, to, uh, was it three years ago today? Two years ago today, we were, we were in a wedding of a young couple. Some of our best friends. Just a few months ago, they were taken off the scene both at once by an explosion. 21 and 22 years old. You are not promised next Sunday. You are not promised the next meeting. You are not promised this week, this, this midweek service. You are not promised to walk out of those doors. But while there's life in the room, why don't you go ahead and recognize it and say, I receive of that life. I see it. I take it. I want it. How dare we leave Jesus in the corner? We're no better than any Pharisee if we leave him in the corner with dirty feet. We've got to recognize he's here. The Messiah is amongst us. He's walking amongst us. Remember, we're not Azusa Street. We have the mechanics. But we must have the dynamics together. God forbid that we would leave him in the corner. He's knocking on the outside. Why am I not being worshipped in there? Why am I not being praised? I, I'm coming to deliver and you won't let me in. He's not only knocking on the church door, he's knocking on the individual heart. I'm coming to deliver. Why won't you let me in? There's only one way you're going to get back to life. It's to let me in there. It's to let me in and I'll eradicate sin. I'll eradicate the devil. I'll remove any condemnation. I'll remove any regret. Just let me in. Let me in. That's why I get so excited about this. It's passion. It's, it's my life. 
Because I know where I was when I let him in. I know what kind of condition I was in when I decided to let him in. You know, Brother Branham said that you'll not change the way you praise. The way that you worship him here is exactly how you worship him over there. So if you're waiting for some glorious angel to come and you see him coming down, you're not going to change the way that you praise. You're not going to change the way you praise when you recognize him coming in his, his corporal body. You're not going to change the way you praise when we're on the other side and we're saying we're resting on that. You're going to praise exactly like you praise him now. For some of us, we've just got to realize we've got the praise. We've got the worship within us. I was down here with these young people last night. They got the praise within them. Sometimes we just got to let it out. Sometimes we just got to let out the praise and say, I'll glorify the Lord. Let every breath that I have be used to glorify the Lord. I can send you quotes to back all this up if you want it later. But how dare a Cavalier fan praise louder than me? How dare I be more concerned with what's going on in this temporal world than concerned with what's going on right here while he's on the scene. Right here. What are we, what are we, Clemson fans in here? Bulldogs? How dare we more, be more concerned? Up in Ohio, it's the Buckeyes and the, and the Wolverines, right? The big rivalry. When they're playing together, a whole town shuts down. You can't get somebody to come to church. What is it? The God of this evil age has taken the attention off of the, of the word and he's put the eyes on something else. I say there's only one way back to life. You can have that life or you can have this life. I choose this life. I choose life eternal to know where I'm going. It's more than ink on a page to me. It's life and life abundantly. That's what we've been promised in this hour. God don't need my reasoning about it. You don't need my think. I don't have a thing coming. God wants the word, the word only. He wants people who will take the word just as it's preached and manifest it just as it was spoken. I say it's us. Is anybody with me to say it's me? I want to manifest this word with everything that's within me. Let me become a living reality of this message. Let somebody don't have to ask where the revival's at. They'll see me and say, there's the revival. There it is. It's happening in the church. But the Pharisees were so concerned with how it was done, they missed the coming of it. They missed the coming. They were looking for it, Brother Bob. They were looking for him to come. Their whole thing, they were studying over the scrolls. They knew him front to back. They could quote you every word of Isaiah. But they missed him. Even when he came and identified himself in front of them, and he comes down off the mountain, and he opens the scroll, and he turns the book of Isaiah, they knew it like the back of their hand. But he's showing this day. This scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I say we have the same word of prophecy in this day. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He's showing us the time that we're living in is a rapture time. Don't hold back and wait for some other age. This is the last age. Don't wait for another revival to come through. This is the bride's revival. The move is on for the bride. We are walking in the last move. We are living in the last wave of God. He's saving, maybe for the last time. Don't be guilty of missing it because you can't get out of some tradition or can't get off your high horse. Paul was knocked off his high horse. 
We can't dwell on an old experience. We can't dwell on something that happened to us all in the night he saved me 30 years ago. Praise the Lord. Where is he today? I was driving down the road down here and the Lord just gave me a phrase and I wrote it down. I didn't know why. He said, when's the last time? And I started thinking about it. I said, when's the last time I just had a good old Holy Ghost shouting fit? When's the last time I let the Holy Ghost come down and just ignite my soul? My, sometimes I think we, we forget what it's like to have joy in our soul. We forget what it's like to be free. We forget what it's like just to worship the Lord. Not caring about what anybody thinks. Not caring about what your wife might think or your husband might think. When's the last time you let the Lord have his way in your life? When's the last time you let him activate that life within you? It's laying in there. When's the last time you let it happen? But those promises are laying in the church. In the roots. And at the appointed time, he'll bring them forth. What time? In my day of visitation. We're here. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I like that. It didn't say in Brother Branham's ears or Justin Branham Tabernacle or the Pentecost age ears. But this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Somebody will take this word and will manifest it in their life. It's going to be me. Somebody will take this prophet's prophecy and fulfill it. It's going to be me. Somebody will walk in this prophecy all the way to a body change. It's going to be me. Where's your faith this morning to say, I fulfill that word. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in my ears. It's my season for it. I've been appointed for it. There's only one way I'm going to get there. Everybody's so tore up about vaccines and shots in this age. Let me say, I'm not for or against it, but there's only one shot that you absolutely, absolutely must have, and that is the spirit of truth. Without that shot, you will not even see what I'm talking about. The teaching that you hear, the preaching that you hear, the, the conviction that you feel, you will not understand it unless you have that shot. You'll not get it without the Holy Ghost. That's why the devil's trying so hard to keep it out of the pulpit. That's why the devil's trying to say, we can't preach that. We can't preach that. They'll think you're a fanatic. Well, you're going to be a fanatic for somebody. I'd much rather be guilty of being a fanatic for the Holy Ghost. Being a fanatic to know that once I was lost in sin, all but Jesus set me free. Once Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. How could we cease but to praise him? All of our life is doing. My... Every breath that we have should be used to praise Him. But we spend more of our breath talking about how bad our circumstance is. Oh, woe is me. Remember Brother Julius said, Wowsy, wowsy, woo. Never let your testimony be negative. Always positive. That's a direct quote. Not mind over matter, not psychology, not choo-choo train mentality. I think I can, I think I can. But to know, no matter what's going on in this, in this season, this dimension down here, there's another me out there that's rejoicing, that's praising, that's shouting. To think that I already have an earnest of it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither be afraid. That rapturing faith that you're wondering right now, if you possess it, Brother Bram said, don't worry, it'll be there. 
it'll be there. He says it twice. Don't worry, it'll be there. It'll be there. Don't worry about it. Neither let your heart be troubled. It's already in you. Predestinated resources to overcome in this hour. Predestinated faith to overcome in this hour. At the right season, it comes out of the tree. And where does the fruit ripen last? At the top of the tree. When the sun is just over the top. A capstone. Now we know where we're at. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. But you can't get there. You will not produce that fruit unless the same life is laying within you. I believe it's in there, but it's got to be activated, right? Brother Bram would talk about that gene seed laying in the church, waiting to be activated. There's only one way back to life. It's not from a COVID shot. It's not from a yellow fever shot. It's from a Holy Ghost booster shot. If you don't have it, get the initial shot. If you already have it, get a booster. Those are exact quotes. You can go back and research it. Get a booster of the Holy Ghost. There's only one way back to life. And it's through the Holy Ghost. It's through His Spirit of truth. It's through Him dividing it unto us. Giving it unto us. Ministering unto us. This is your portion. Here's your inheritance. Here's your inheritance. But the Bram said Joshua represented that still small voice inside you, which is the Holy Ghost. Here's your inheritance. Here's your inheritance. Here's yours. Yours. You want your kids? You want health? Here's yours. You want salvation for your loved ones? Here's yours. You want to, you want to know them and experience them in power? Here's yours. Here's your inheritance. You want to have joy? Here's your inheritance. You want to know what it's like just to feel and brush by? Here's your inheritance. He's passing out his inheritance. It's the Holy Ghost. We've all got something to overcome. No matter how holy you think you are, no matter how close to it you live, you were born under the same nature that everybody else was born under. But there comes a time when that nature must be defeated. We're living in that hour. We're living in that time. It only comes one way. One way back to life. You know, I was driving down the road some months ago, and just uh, just kind of how the Lord works with me. I'll just be driving, sometimes not even thinking on something, and just a line will drop in. And it'll turn into a 20-page sermon. And you might think, well, you're not doing a very good job, but that's just the way the Lord built me. So I, I, got, I got an inspiration to look up antivenom. Anybody know here, in here know how antivenom's made? I knew a little bit about it, but I really didn't know about it. So I just Google it. Sorry. I just Google it. And antivenom is made by them injecting a, a, a snake, whether it be, let's just say it's a rattlesnake. What kind of snakes do we have down here? Rattlesnakes. Let's just say it's a rattlesnake. Antivenom for a rattlesnake is made by them injecting that snake's venom into an animal. And then that animal absorbs that venom into its bloodstream. And the intelligence that's already in that animal begins to create an antibody. And those antibodies begin to attack that venom and attack that venom until it it becomes a cure against that venom. Something already in the animal has been put there to fight off the venom. We say, well, what does that have to do with us? We were born under a serpent nature, all injected with the same venom. But until we get the antivenom, that venom is circulating through our blood. But there was once a sacrifice. 
that took that venom within itself. You know how they get that antivenom out of that animal? Those antibodies, they cut that animal and they bleed it out. And those antibodies come out through that blood when they, they force it out. And that's what you get injected when you get antivenom shot. But 2,000 years ago... There was a shot given. There was a venom injected into a sacrifice. And that sacrifice was pierced by a Roman soldier. And they began to bleed him out. And as he bled out, my antivenom was in that Holy Ghost. My antivenom was in that spirit that poured out. And without it, you will always walk in partial victory. How many here is ready for a full victory? How many here tired of the devil telling you what you can and cannot do? How many how many's tired of the devil beating you up? Telling you that you're only going to make it this far. I've taken the shot. I took the antibodies. I know you're already defeated. I know the same antibodies that took your keys is living inside me. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. He, the spirit of truth, is laying in you, waiting for you to recognize and activate him. How many times have we let the devil come by and step on us? Take from us. Rob from us. Wake up on the wrong side of the bed and there goes our joy. The wife says something to us, there goes our joy. The bill comes in, there goes our joy. How many times has the devil come in and taken your joy from you? We talked about it yesterday with the kids. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Whose joy was it to begin with? Yours? Whose victory was it to begin with? Yours? You are his victory. It was yours to begin with. My goodness, to think that we've let the devil come in and rob us and rob us when we have kingdom authority. When we have a more sure word of prophecy to think that we can, every giant should fall before us. Every sickness would fall before us. I just heard the prophet say, he said, if we could ever get the church to believe this in fullness and to be in one mind and one accord, there wouldn't be one sick person among us. It's time for self-examination. I'll do my part. Self-examine. I'll do my part. I'm going to get rid of all the flesh that I can see. I'm going to hack it away with the word. I'm going to shave off every bit of this carnality, every bit of unbelief, every bit of doubt. I'm going to hack it away. Brother Luis, do you do your part? Brother Wade, do you do your part? We're going to do our part. Everybody self-examine yourself and say, there should not be one sick amongst us. There should not be one feeble amongst us. There should not be one depression amongst us. If we believe this word in fullness, then receive of all of its benefits. But have we recognized that Messiah is walking amongst us? Without recognizing he's here, we do not receive of his benefits. But I recognize he's not coming. He's not back there. He is here. He's here. My goodness. Cut a bunch of this out. We'll try to. He didn't put us here to leave us. He put us here to bring forth fruit. He's got a seed down here in the root, like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. He that takes God's laws and love in his heart, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaves shall not wither in his season. Somebody say season in his season. He'll bear his fruit. Somebody say his fruit. 
his fruit in his season. That's our season. That's our time. In our season, we will bear our fruit. We will bear the fruit of the word that's been planted in there. That's my identity. It's not this flesh you see out here. There's another me in there that you can't see. And his season is here. His fruit is here. His time is here. The bride's already restored. We're not waiting for it to come. We're not waiting. The loose ends have already been tied together, friends. If you're waiting for some more loose ends to come, every vision has already been fulfilled. Hope we're in agreement on that. It's already been fulfilled. We're not waiting for him to come back. We're waiting for this ministry to ride this trail again. And I believe it's doing it now through a quick, short work. The miracles of God are coming to pass. We're witnessing just a few weeks ago. I was in Mexico and there was a, uh, just a supernatural event that took place in the way it happened. And there was an impromptu prayer line that came through. And in that prayer line, I saw hernias retracted. I saw thyroid gorders just retracted. The symptoms gone prodigals run in the back door and run and give their hearts back to the Lord. What is it? It's a season for it. It's the season for the bride's manifestation. We're not waiting for it. It's already here. Not waiting all when I can get myself there. It's already here. Don't miss your hour of visitation. It's already amongst us. Recognize who you are. He's not coming back for a broke body. Not coming back for a freak bride, but somebody who knows where they stand. I may be weak in my flesh, but I know where my faith is. I may be weak in my mind, but I know where my faith lies. It's more than just a hope. It's a surety. I'm anchored in that rock. We've got to be so sure. This is not a time to question. I'm going to close here. This is not a time to question what you believe in. Not a time to wonder if this is really the truth. A time to back up and say, I, I'm not, well, I'm just not sure. This is not a time for that. This is the finish line. This is the hour of his visitation. This is the time when he's coming and say, will I find faith when I come? This is not the time to back up on what you believe. He didn't bring you this far to leave you where you're at now. This is not the time to retreat. But we must have the faith of Gideon. Although we're weary, although we want to just lay down and let somebody else do it, we can't because there's something within us that says, pursue. Pursue. Go after him. Go after him. Pursue the enemy. Pursue him out of your home. Pursue him out of your marriage. Pursue him out of your kids' relationship. Pursue him out of your mind battles. Pursue him out of your addictions. Pursue him out of your faults. Pursue. This is the hour for it. He's given us the strength within us. My, I think it's, it's, it's mighty that we are given the hour of when she'll speak. And if she speaks, she's got to have breath within her. Where did that life come from? Breath. All life comes from God. He's the breath. You know, I saw something. Uh, I was at uh, uh, Brother Ron's in the back office there uh, a few months ago. And he shared with me this video clip that this, this lady was describing. And when Moses thought to ask God what his name was, he answered, you know, we added the Yahweh in there. But the original Hebrew translation is YWHW. And so this linguistic lady broke it down. She said it wasn't really a word. It was an action. It was a verb. When Moses thought to ask what the name of Elohim was, 
He answered with an action. He, she said, the linguistic said that it would be the exact letters that Moses would pin to pin the action of breathing. To think that life itself testifies that there's a God testifies every baby that's born into this world the first thing it does is testify of god every person that goes out of this world the last thing they do is testify of god he's the breath in our lungs he's the reason we sing he's the reason we praise let everything that hath breath praise ye the lord how dare we use our breath for any other purpose than but to praise the Lord? He is the light behind us. That's what gives us a voice authority in this age is the breath of Elohim. It's in our lungs. It's in our body. It's in this word. It's coming forth. The action of breathing is here. Why don't you just take a breath? There he is. There he is. I don't know about you. When the Holy Ghost comes by me, I just, I feel that something's different in my lungs. Oh, he's here. I can feel him in the air. I can feel a change in the atmosphere. I can feel something's different. I'm breathing in life. He came to the prophet with the same temptation he's laying before you. Look at this. You spent your life serving him. He's taking your wife. He's taking your baby. You've got nothing. Yeah, you're right. All those hours you spent preaching to those people, all those hours laboring, doesn't even mean anything. Yeah, maybe you're right. You know, he, he, he maybe he didn't ever heal nobody. Maybe you just make believe that. Yeah, maybe. Don't tell me that our prophet wasn't honest with us about the struggles that he went through. It's the same temptation. Yeah, maybe you're just going to church because it makes you feel good and maybe there's no truth to this. Yeah, maybe. You know what? There's not even a God. No, you've gone too far, devil. You've gone too far. I feel him in my lungs. I feel the life within me. I feel that there's something inside me that, that you didn't give to me, that you didn't produce. There's a greater life within me. I, I'm breathing his life. He is life. He's breath. He's, he's everything that I am. And if you lied to me about that, you lied to me about it. He is a healer. He is a savior. He is a redeemer. He is a restorer. He is a liberator. He is our release. He is our joy. He is our freedom. If you lied to me about that, that you lied about everything else. He's the breath. Sometimes we just got to stop and take a breath. It's God. There's a God in the room. He can change every... You're here. Somebody pat yourself and say, I'm still here. I'm right here, devil. You haven't got me yet. I can 
change the circumstance that I'm living in. There's breath in my lungs. It's the action of living. And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very, very many open in the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. That's our prophecy in this hour. He will cause breath to enter into you, and you will live eternally. His breath does not have an expiration date on it. His breath is alive. It's moving in the bride. It's speaking. It's prophesying. It's, it's, it's fulfilling the word of this hour. Am I okay? Can I have a little liberty? That group that sang that song, would y'all come back up and sing it just now? Is that okay? Let's just sing that song. When I heard that song strike, I, I knew why the Lord had me turn this direction. You may feel that you're a dry bone, but that's not the end of your story. He said, I say unto you that I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. That's thus saith the Lord. What more sure word do you want? What what, what more sure word do you need? It doesn't get any better than that. The president of the United States is coming here and say, hey, you're going to be all right. Don't mean a thing. The greatest doctor in the world can say, we'll preserve you for years and years to come. Don't mean a thing. But you have thus saith the Lord. His breath is already in you. My friends, to think, God Almighty thought so much of you, thought so much of me. How could we let him sit in the corner with dirty feet? Let me just finish this point while you guys get ready. That woman that came into that Simon's house was bearing the same condemnation that we all bear. Feeling unworthy, feeling unwanted, feeling that there was no way for us, feeling that we'd send away our day of grace, feeling that somehow we're just going to miss it altogether and it's just going to come right by us. But she couldn't just sit back and let it happen without her making her best effort. And there she comes to that house. Just put yourself in her shoes. It's not hard for us to do because we're there. And she's walking in that house of Simon, dragging her weight. There he is across the room. Oh, my, how it hurt her to see he was just there with dirty feet. I can't believe they're not washing his feet. I can't believe they're not worshiping him. The king of kings has come down, and they're letting him sit there with dirty feet. I must go on. And she drags her condemnation. And as she gets closer to that anointed one, that chain begins to fall. That chain begins to fall. As she approaches him, all she can do is just fall at his feet. She didn't hold anything back for the next race. 
That was her race. She didn't hold anything back to say, I'm just going to reserve a little bit. But she poured all that she had out on his feet. And sometimes we feel so unworthy to even wash his feet. We feel so unworthy to entertain the presence of an angel. We think, who are we? But you know, God knew that that was going to happen. And the prophet said that he predestinated her with everything that she had need of to worship him. He said she had need to do him a service. It was within her heart to do him a service, but she had nothing to do it with. So God provided the towels. He provided the towels and the water. Go ahead and take a breath. Who provided that? Well, friends, this might be simple to you. But God forbid we let him sit in the corner. He promised to be here. So if he's here, it's your duty. It's your desire. It's your passion. It's your life to worship him. Don't hold back a little bit of oil. This might be the last mile of the race. Don't hold back just a little bit of praise. This might be everything. This might be it. This praise that you let out this morning might be your prodigal coming back in the door. I've seen it happen too many times. I could give testimony after testimony of it. This final breath might be the one. Don't let it go by. Stay under that anointing while it's here. So much we have lost As we look down the road Where all the prodigals have walked And one by one the enemy Has whispered lies And led them off as slaves But we know that you are God, yours is the victory. As we know there is more to come that we may not yet see. So if the faith you've given us will step into the valley unafraid. We call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. As we call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Up out of the ashes, let us see an army rise. 
as we call out to dry bones come alive. Oh God, avenge this mercy, God of unrelenting love. Rescue every daughter, bring us back the wayward son. And by your spirit breathe upon them Show the world that you alone can save You alone can save As we call out to dry bones Come alive, come alive As we call out to dead hearts Come alive, come alive Breathe the breath of God now. Breathe. 
Praise God. Lord Jesus. Don't leave this place. Don't leave this place without God. Thank you, Lord. Do not leave this place. Thank you, Father. There's such an anointing here. Don't miss it. Don't miss your day of visitation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. No, the scripture says that you're entitled to a sound mind. Uh-huh. You believe that's the truth. That's right. You believe that God can, can take over every memory and every 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 thought of it and rid it. He's the eradicator. You can eradicate every memory of it, but you've got to let it go to him. You can't baby it. Can't let it let it have have preeminence in you. You've got to let it go to him. You got to let it out. You believe that? If any two or three agree on anyone thing, you agree. I agree. I'm let's pray together. I'm lay my hands on you, as it says in the scripture. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna call for that spirit to be removed. Father, Father, it's not by our man's hands, but it's by our Yes, he is. Yes, he is. 
this young lady, Father. Touch her heart. Read restoration. Hallelujah. Open the valve, Father. I pray that you clear out every blockage, oh God. Father, I've seen you create valves that weren't there, Lord. I've seen you open the doors that were totally Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
servant. Amen. Let's give our brother a good hand. We pray for his ministry. We pray for his family. He's fixing to have another baby. Sister Felice will pray for her too. Um, I just, I hope all minds are clear. Because uh, there's, 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 it's, it's just like a, a, a bath. We just took a, we all took a bath. If, if you want your cleanness washed away, now's the time to do it. Uncleanness washed away, now's the time to do it. Don't leave without having the Lord. We're not promised tomorrow. That's that's that, that's why the the impression of the other day reading those names and how many other ministers have we seen that are that are calling out for. For their children that are wayward, their husbands and their wives. It's time to get in the ark. We've had 60 years since the prophet's been gone. And he said the rapture was overdue in the 60s. Here we are in 2022, almost 2023. It's about time for us to get in the ark. Because the door is going to shut. And when it does, it doesn't matter what your mama's name is, your daddy's name is. It doesn't matter. It does matter who your daddy's name is. If your daddy's name is the Lord Jesus, you're going to be on that ship. Like I said before, this is not a cruise ship we own. We own a battleship. Amen. This is not This is not just easy. But guess what? What did Moses do? Moses, the Bible says, traded the wealth of the world, and he could have been in Egypt, had all the women he wanted, had all the grapes. He could have been fanned for the rest of his life and never had to do a thing. But the Bible says he forsook that. Yep, he forsook that to become a mud dauber. He forsook that to lead a group of rebels that gave him heartburn for 40 years. Right. Hello, somebody. Gave him heartburn for 40 years, murmuring, complain. But he said, we have a promise. We're going across. God gave me a commission to get you guys out. Now we're going to get you in the promised land. We thank God for a commission that he's given us. And Brother Ronnie said, we're going to the promised land. Somebody's going to make it. We're the one that's going to make it. Amen. You just got to believe you're the one. We got to have faith. Amen. You love the Lord? Amen. Just remember Brother Aaron Wednesday afternoon and and Brother Luis and Brother Bob will be speaking this weekend. Uh, pray for Sister June and I. We're leaving Thursday going to Ohio. Uh, we're going to dedicate um, Brother Isaac's new house up there, and we're going to have service with them and fellowship with them a few days. So just keep us in prayer, and we'll keep you in prayer. And then the next Wednesday I'll be preaching. Some of the other brothers will be going to the men's meeting the next weekend. So we've got a few things still going on, but, but I like to see a church on the move. Doing things for the youth, doing things for everybody, everybody pitching in and doing what they need to do. And and and, and if you're uncomfortable today, then Lord help you. If you're uncomfortable, it's because of the devil. It ain't because, it ain't because of God. It's because of the devil that you're uncomfortable. I want him to be uncomfortable. I think he got so nervous at the first of this service that he left the building. Amen. When the Spirit of God came down during the song service, and then the, he can't stand the word, he can take he can hang around a little bit with a little bit of shouting and praising. He's he's used to that, but he ain't used to the word coming word by word. 
He ain't used to to it coming through human flesh, though, but that's what God said he was going to do. He was going to defeat the devil through me and you. That's why we're his victory. That's why he put so much into us. He put so much. Listen, he had faith. Didn't Brother Brown say he had faith? Brother Brown said Jesus had faith in who he was. God had faith, and when he said, let there be, it was going to happen. So now we got a little part of that inside of us called the Holy Ghost to give us that faith that we've been talking about. So God bless you. We love you with the love of the Lord. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads. We're going. To, if you want to fellowship downstairs, that's fine. Uh, if you want to go get something to eat, that's fine. We're going to probably hang around a little bit, and then we'll probably take the preacher out to eat and, uh, and go somewhere in fellowship. But uh, thank you for the whole weekend. Thank you for everything you've done. We appreciate Brother Dale and Sister Dale for giving us the opportunity to be able to do this. Amen. And I do want to thank one lady in this church, which is unnamed, and I don't know who she is, and I'm not a gossiper, so I don't really care who it was, for paying for the food yesterday. And and she's um, um, one of the congregation, but she, she gave us $250. More than that. Oh, did she really? It was just okay. exactly enough. Okay. Well, the pizza was like 258 or 60 or something dollars, so so she gave more than that. So um, thank you for that, sister, whoever you are. doesn't matter. God knows, and that's all. That's all. The Lord knows who it is. And you'll get back tenfold times that, so I've never worried about God, you know, me outgiving God. He's, he's going to outgive all of us. So let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the service you give us. My, what a resurrection that was, the prophet said. But, oh, what a resurrection this was today. Out of dark creeds and denominations, out of, out of cancer and out of thyroid trouble and out of nervousness and out of um, fathers being out of control and kids being wayward and, and little Hattie Wright come up here for prayer and said, I want my husband saved. Oh, praise God. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Do that sometime. Lord, when, when you're here, Lord, I pray that we'll grasp hold of that and not let you go. Jacob wouldn't let you go until you blessed him. You wrestled with a man. And he wrestled. We can't wrestle two hours. He wrestled half a night. But you finally let go. But you gave him a little gift. He walked a little different than when he did before. He was now called Israel the limping prince. Well, Father, if I have to limp the rest of my days to know that you've blessed me, Lord, that's all right. I pray that you'll be with Brother Ronnie and Sister Felice and the family, Lord, as they travel on um, tomorrow to go back home. We pray that you'll give them traveling mercies. Lord, give him strength today, Father. He poured his heart out to us, Lord. Now I pray that you'll give him that strength back, Lord. Just be with each one that's here, all the visitors from the different churches. Lord, we pray that you'll just be with them, Father, as they only way back home, Lord. And the ones that are among us, Lord, we pray that you'll just be with them. Lord, be with Brother John Durrett. I'm thinking about him the other day, being out of the country, Lord. I pray that you'd bless him, Lord, and his family. Father, just take care of us now. Lead us and guide us till we come back together on Wednesday night, Lord. If you tarry, we'll be here, Lord, to listen to another service of the words of eternal life. We ask these things in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> uh-huh.